Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. to a few things where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Ofakind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at ofakind.com and leave us messages at 833-OFAKIND. Hi. Hi. I feel like people are going to be able to tell us apart today because I am recovering from a cold. You're sniffly. You've been sniffly this week. Yeah. Well, so this is a gift to our listeners. I'm throaty and (laughs) and you can tell the difference between the two of us. Yeah, truly. Um, Alex has supplied you with a nice wad of toilet paper to blow your nose on. He did. So it's, you know, it's... it's, (laughs) Also, his toilet seat was, like, warmed today. Oh, yeah. His Japanese toilet seat. Yeah. I don't think I've ever sat down on it. It's actually been warm. Interesting. Yeah. What was the experience like for you? Surprising. (laughs) I wished I'd been warned, to be honest. Um, It was warmed. You weren't warned. Yeah. Got it. Alex is dating somebody. I don't think we should talk about this yet. I just, I can't see his whole face over his computer. He's, he's smiling. He's I think glowing. he's okay with it. I know, but Claire, I don't think we should talk about it yet. I'm not going to like say anything more about her because I don't want to embarrass him, but I just like. I think I think that's already too much. If people were trying to date Alex, it's a little too late. He's been on seven dates with one woman. The same woman. <laughs> so We'll come also, back to it once things feel a little, it's just. He'll it, definitely come on to talk about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. She we're sounds not, great. Yeah. Um. You know what else sounds great? Uh, the candle that I bought yesterday yeah. because it had been out of stock on our site for so long and I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. I waited for my candle to come back too. Oh my gosh. Anyway, well, let's my, talk about yours. We'll talk about mine when he's back. My candle is the Norden Ojai candle. It smells so sophisticated and cozy. Like Ojai. Yes. Like it's so sophisticated and will. cozy. If you will. If you will. I'm so into it and I keep it in our powder room and then like the tissue box that sits next to it smells like it. And cute. Unlike they're the best to- friends. They're best friends. But what's amazing is that unlike the toilet paper that Alex gave me to blow my nose with, the tissues all smell like the candle now. And it's the best experience to blow your nose in a delicious tissue. Scented tissue. Yeah. It's not a scent that Kleenex added. It's one that, That's right. Yeah. And it is, comes in a beautiful stone ceramic like stoneware mug that you can use to drink out of or use for like pencils or whatever afterwards. There are tips on the internet for how to get wax out of these things. 
it's a good holiday gift. It's also just like a good holiday scent because it's cozy. Oh my gosh, totally. Um, and you can get it for 10% off with the code of few things. Sure can. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, you know what else is cozy <clears throat> and wonderful? <laughs> Giant stuffed animals. Oh my gosh. I Do you think that, what, how many podcasts, what percentage of podcasts do you think talk about stuffed animals more than us? I mean, I think I, I, I personally think I was leading the charge on this, but this one you yeah. have a lot to contribute to because I mostly had been talk, talking about alpaca stuffed animals That's in true. the past, and well, this is a But bit you different. contributed to this topic in a very big way. Oh, no, that totally. You, I, you gifted my future I'm son. I'm not saying I didn't contribute. I'm just saying yeah. you didn't contribute before at all. No, 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 no. I wasn't You finally really. showed up for That's this. right. <laughs> That's right. I am finally. And I feel like probably there's a lot of stuffed animal content in my future. Yeah, I think yes. that's true. You'll be you'll start yeah. carrying your weight in this category. I think soon. so. Yeah. Um, watch out. Watch your back. <laughs> I know you're the market leader right now, but that that position's never secure. Have I told people on the podcast that I bought a bigger alpaca, a bigger stuffed alpaca? I don't know that I have. <laughs> and by bigger, it's like how big would you say it is? It's not. It does not qualify as big stuffed animals. No, unfortunately, no. listen. If I could get. Yeah. A big stuffed, like yeah. a pack of stuffed animal, I absolutely would. I'm just certainly not allowed. He, his name is Bernard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I would say, he's about a foot tall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's a foot? Do you think? A foot? A ruler? Maybe. Yeah. I was, I mean, counting like fluff to fluff to fluff. fluff. To fluff. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking he's like eight inches. No, he's okay. bigger than that. Okay. He's, he's, he's a foot tall, fluff to fluff. Well, you bought my future son a bunny that is how tall? Like five feet? I don't think he's five. I think he's maybe four. Four. I think he's maybe four feet yeah. tall. We saw him for the first time in Minneapolis at this wonderful store called Pacifier. It's yeah. very cute. It's a very cute kid's store. And um, you, why did he? Embraced him. You embraced him, but then later you were like, could I get him for? Well, I didn't even, I just said, I, I like, you're welcome <coughs> for not getting him yeah. for you. Because I felt like that's like a very aggressive thing to be like, I'm going to send you this huge fucking stuffed animal. Yeah. I think it's like the kind of thing that annoys parents that you're like, I'm going to send this like, like huge, what am I going to yeah, do, what with, am I gonna do with this stupid thing? And I was like, I, I don't have a problem with him. Like, I should ask Chris before we acquire something like that. I'll talk to Chris about it. And then like literally 24 hours later, he showed up I'm not sure I waited our, for any response no, you for didn't. Crit, from Chris. 24 mm-hmm. hours later, he showed up at our door. And the best part was that, I couldn't find the card that came with it for a really long time, so I assumed it was you, but I didn't know. No, for, he well, could have just who come, else? Who well, else would have sent it? He could have just come himself. That's true. He could have <laughs> packed himself up and, like, yeah, Paddington buried himself on over. He's so massive. He's amazing. He came the same day as our snoo, which was a really exciting bassinet acquisition. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, the snoo is like a smart sleeper. Well, that's what they call it. I don't think that's a real term, but like, you know, it like, I don't sm- think the term smart sleeper existed before no, this. No, it's yeah. probably trademarked. We're probably going to get a uh, cease and desist, but it, it, it like vibrates and white noises your baby. So it shakes your baby, which is something you're apparently not supposed to do, but it is, but it does. Yeah. And so obviously Chris was like, cool, I'll like set this up and read the directions. And then, so we put the, the jelly cap bunny in he was like our baby. He was our first. He tested out the snoo before anybody and did. And he liked it. Um, did he, he fall asleep? Yes. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> um, the interesting thing about buying this, I mean, jelly cats in general, like all over the yeah. internet, this bunny is the, the bunny, the jelly cat bunny is the most popular of the jelly cats. Um, well, the fun, the really funny thing was like two weeks after you sent him, I went to visit a friend and um, her baby was there and he had this tiny little jelly cat bunny, like the same exact yeah. one I have, but it was like the size of my hand. And I was like, well, I'm about to blow this kid's mind. <laughs> 
And I showed him a picture. I don't think this scale fully translated for sure. him. But I'm hoping he comes over at some point and is just like, whoa, I have that bunny. But it's like. But when it grows up, it'll it's look the size like that. of that bunny's toenail. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, so when I started looking for it on the internet, it. The, the, the sizing language was very hard to decipher because I I searched for huge. Um, mm. And huge apparently is a medium-sized jelly, jelly cat toy. It was very confusing. I ended up buying – the one I ended up buying was really, really big, which apparently is larger than huge. The the term – the like language and terminology – and of course, again, you look at these on the internet and you actually can't tell the scale because right. they all look exactly the same, which is like – you know, part of the, part of the product. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was just really hoping that what you got was going to be enormous. It was enormous. And it fulfilled my childhood fantasies because when we, when I was a kid, my grandparents lived not that far from FAO Schwartz. hundred percent. And you would go walking through there and see these massive stuffed animals. And it was always like, you knew no one was ever going to get them for you and say yes. But it was such a fantasy of like, oh my God, I could have that thing in my bedroom. It was amazing. Well, we talked about this. I had the same fantasy, mm-hmm. um, and it was not satisfied for me, but it was satisfied for my youngest brother. So rude. It's so rude. So he used to, like, copy me with stuffed animals all the time, and he would give his stuffed animals names that were almost exactly the same as mine. So there was a dog. I had a dog named Sneakers, and he named his dog Snickers. I had a bunny named Sarah, and he named his Sarah the second. I mean, it was <gasps> foul. It was Also, you just- named your bunny Sarah. Yeah, I, but it was like this little, like, it was like a little craft store bunny. She was like okay. white and had like, she was kind of wiry. But that's how, not an explanation for giving her the name Sarah. It suited her. <laughs> it suited her. She had pink ears. I don't okay. know. She just felt yeah. a little, a bit proper and she needed like a, a like a Was that like name. your go-to name? No. Okay. No. Um, I don't know why she was Sarah and I certainly can't <laughs> tell you why the other bunny was Sarah the second. Well, I can. It's because he was a copycat, copycat behavior. Yeah. Um, so then one year for Christmas... He got this, like, four-foot-long stuffed dog named Nosy. I mean, he named it Nosy. And it, I, so it's rude. not fair. And he slept with it every night like a body pillow and was, like, obsessed with it. That's what I was thinking I should do with the jelly cat because I've been really um, – I bought two pregnancy pillows, and I don't like either of them. I don't want to buy another, but I was like, maybe just I think you have another, his name. His yeah. name is Jelly Cat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've thought about trying to use him that way. Um, I also, I don't know if I was like retargeted with this thing or how I came to be aware of this, but shortly after you sent me the jelly cat, um, bunny, I became aware of this Costco stuff bear that's almost eight feet tall. That's insane. It's totally insane. Unlike the stuffed animals that you were searching out on the internet, you can tell how big he is because he is always shown sitting on a park bench next to a little girl. And <laughs> The like girl. like the Ted movie poster, basically. That's exactly what it's like. <laughs> and the little girl is like an eighth of his size. And it has so many reviews. They're like basically all five star. The reviews are all utterly insane. And they're like all of the people are reviewing them basically on behalf of themselves, like not of their children. It's not like they're my kid loved this and he's obsessed with it. No. And my like daughter can't stop talking about Mm-mm. it. I'm gonna I'm gonna and also so many of them are so in awe of the size. Like I like you knew what you were getting into. It says it says it's eight, it says it's, it's ninety three inches. Yeah, yeah that's taller than me, so it must be big. So here is my favorite review. He is big, like doesn't fit in the car bag. <laughs> when he lies around the house, he like lies around the house. That's and then that's capitalized. Um, we live in an apartment, and he is the dumbest thing we ever bought. <laughs> yeah. 
He makes our lives miserable, having to step over him, walk around him, and find a place for him to rest. But we love him. He had a house guest who had to share a fold-out couch with him for a few days. She ordered one for herself before she left. What? Like, I have so many questions, and I feel like— <laughs> Weirdly, this is like the this is like the sequel to that Ryan Seacrest movie, or not Ryan Seacrest. Um, uh, yeah, I know what you're. Uh, what's that? Ryan Gosling. That, that Ryan, Ryan Gosling, Gosling movie, movie with the sex doll, who's like his real girlfriend. I'm like, what's wrong with these people that they're like in love with this thing? And like, they're, even though it's a, like basically a torture device in their apartment, and they admit that it's the dumbest thing they ever bought, and they bought it for their apartment. But they're like, yeah, I, I just feel like they, there's, there's an a lot of questions here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And what your house get? You made your house guest share a bed with him, and then she bought one too. No, that's crazy. Um, okay, I have two other things to mm-hmm. add. And thinking about this topic, I found a site called BigPlush.com, which doesn't think. Yeah, seem I was like going to say sounds like a on, fetish but site. You know what? It, yeah. it was safe. Okay. Um, there are six foot tall stuffed roses. Wow. God knows under what circumstance you give a six foot tall stuffed rose. I mean, a promposal. I guess. Yes. Like it yes, has to be 100%. a promposal. But. What I like about the photos of this is that all the photos are of women smelling it. But do they have to, like, stand on their tiptoes? I don't, yeah. I mean, I can't remember, like, it, or do they lean it toward them? That's not the point, Claire. Okay. They're smelling it. It's a stuffed animal. Like, it, it has no, it's a stuffed thing. They just want you to know all the use cases. All the use yeah. cases. Um, which randomly made me think that, did you read the Jenny Slate profile in the latest L? No, I feel like I haven't read a Jenny Slate profile since she broke up with Chris Evans. Mm. This one doesn't reveal so much except that when she was on Sesame Street, mm-hmm. she asked if she could smell Oscar the Grouch or like I can't mm. maybe I can't remember it. and someone and the puppeteer was like no one's ever asked that. And she's like, "Really? <laughs> like of course I want to know what this yes. like smells like." And she's like, "It smelled like stuffed animal. Like it huh. just smelled like stuffed animal." Mm. Um okay, and then the last thing I have mm-hmm. to say about this topic I think, mm-hmm. jelly cat aside, that the trendiest of all of these yeah. is that giant giraffe. You know that giant stuffed giraffe by Melissa and Doug? No, but now I'm wondering if the one that I saw one recently, and I'm wondering if it is a Melissa and Doug one. It is. So, but, okay. you know, Sky Ting, mm-hmm. the yoga place oh. um, in New York, yeah, of course. has this tall stuffed giraffe. It is Melissa and Doug. And then if you oh. look at tours of nurseries or kids' rooms or whatever, yeah. it's like always this Melissa and Doug giraffe. And I feel like... He's the trendiest totally. of all the trendy stuff, big stuffed animals. Wow, he's not that expensive. No, he's not. And he also has some friends if yeah. you do further browsing. Oh, my gosh, totally. I mean, he's a really good-looking giraffe. He's I can see why he's so handsome. popular. Like, he doesn't look like a giraffe for babies. No, he he's very, he, yeah, he's, like, lifelike. I wonder if I can have one of him. Oh, certainly. Why couldn't you? Well, I was just thinking I'm, I'm in the process of finalizing my nursery decor, um, and I'm just wondering if he goes. I think oh, he, he goes. certainly goes. You have a rug yeah. that has like a, a mild safari. I would say I call it <laughs> safari light, perhaps. And certainly he fits with that. Wow, this is thrilling. Maybe I'll do that. Okay, great. You're welcome. You, um, There's so much more service here than you thought, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You're gonna get another large stuffed animal out of this episode. I might, do, but also, will it be awkward because no, normally bunnies and giraffes don't hang out together? Unlikely friends. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> can make a cute animal video out of it. Unlikely friends. Best, right. best video category on the internet. Great. Um, should we bring our guest on? Let's do it. We are here with Tegan Gerard, who is the founder of Half-Baked Harvest, a blog she started in 2012 when she was 18 um, and has since, yeah, insane. Yeah. Um, Tegan published her first cookbook last year. So a lot of things happening. And she lives in Breckenridge, Breckenridge Colorado. Um, Tegan, thanks so much for being on. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be on. We are so thrilled to have you. 
Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up where you are? Like, did you grow up in Colorado? Did you, how, why did you start a blog when you were 18? <laughs> everything. Tell us everything. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I am from a huge family. I'm one of seven. I mean, I guess not huge. There's definitely bigger families, but I'm <laughs> one of seven kids. And for a while I had five brothers growing up and I was the only girl. Um, so that was kind of like my lifestyle, but we, my family moved to Colorado when I was in eighth grade and I have just kind of always like school has never been something that I've loved. Um, always hated it. Just had major anxiety about school as a kid. Um, so it was like a struggle my teen years. Um, and I have always been a very creative person. I had started cooking for my family, um, when I was like 14 or 15, um, and just really enjoyed it, really loved cooking for people. Um, and, you know, kind of like being able to easily please people by through food. And I just had so much fun with it. It was kind of like a creative outlet for me after school. So it's kind of where I put a lot of my energy. Um, and I had always kind of said that I wanted to go into fashion. Like I always hmm. had thought, oh, I want to be a stylist. Um, I loved putting outfits together, uh, loved going shopping, you know, the typical like teenage girl stuff, I feel like. Um, but I was always very creative, always doing something with my hands, whether it was like rearranging my bedroom or putting an outfit together or doing some kind of weird craft. I was always doing something. Um, so when I was 18, I graduated early from high school. Um, well, I guess maybe I was 17. I, I don't know. I always get the age. Like, <laughs> Fair. Loosey goosey there. But um, <laughs> I graduated a little bit early from high school with an associate's degree. I was taking um, college courses through the local community college here. And so you are a real go getter. Yeah. Well, so I, I'm, I definitely am a go-getter. Like I am all about like getting stuff done, but yeah. I also just really did not like school right. and really wanted to plow through it. Yep. So I, yeah, I graduated early within Associates and I had gotten accepted to the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in LA. And I was like, okay, great. This is what I'm going to do. I'm like doing what I want. And I went out to LA like three months before school was supposed to start, got a job was working for three months. And after three months, I was like, there's no way I want to be in LA. Hmm. Um, it's not for me. And it was my mom that was like, you should just start. I had no idea why she like would encourage me to do this, but that was just her. She's like, you should start a food blog. Hmm. So I did, I started, a, I started Half-Baked Harvest and it just never looked back ever since then. I've been working on it basically 24 seven and it's turned into a full-time career, which is just amazing. That is incredible. And did you, is there, did you take a particular angle when you started it or was it just like, I love cooking and I love food and I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to post my favorite recipes. Yeah. So no, I definitely just kind of started not really knowing what, you know, exactly I, I was doing. I think that from the very beginning, um, I kind of knew, and I don't, fully know why I knew this, but that like consistency was very important and posting often was mm -hmm. very important. Um, so I think that really helped me, um, you know, grow pretty quickly within the first year, I really started to see growth. And also I worked pretty heavily on, um, you know, improving photography and things like that. I think that with food, people eat with their eyes. So if you don't have a good looking, you know, food photograph, it's probably not going to get viewed by a lot of eyes. Um, so that was kind of always my take on it. Like make the food look really good, make it, you know, um, sound pleasing to readers. And, uh, yeah, I kind of, I just kind of ran with it. I, what I didn't, there wasn't like any formal plan. 
I would say about a year into it, I started to realize, okay, maybe I could do something with this. And then I started to get a slight bit more strategic. So you and I have had a lot of conversations lately about how after going through the phase of like getting like cool printed duvet covers Mm -hmm. and then like being like, oh, it's all about pale pink. We've just really realized that just it, it's all about all white. White bedding. It's white bedding. It's white bedding. It's like there's a reason that all the nice hotels have just classique. all white bedding. It's classic. It's so lovely to fall into. And now I'm starting to feel like because I'm so into white bedding, I'm starting to feel like the comforter cover is like the new top sheet. You don't need it. Yeah, to, to the new top <laughs> sheet. Oh, my God. Um, well, thanks then to today's sponsor, Buffy, because they make this really beautiful comforter that is very chic, very white. Um, that The exterior is made of a plant-based fabric that's also very breathable. And just really nice feeling. Like, you legit actually don't need a cover because this the fabric that, that the lining is made out of is really smooth and It's lovely. also easy to wash, which is one of the problems with not having comforter cover. Very true. Things get, like, dirty, and then it's not crisp white anymore and then you're stuck then you're um, stuck but this is it's all so the outside is made out of eucalyptus which is very 100%. environmentally friendly mm-hmm. much more so than cotton uses a lot less water and then the inside is not down it is uh, made out of recycled water bottles 100 bpa free recycled water bottles which a you can th- is like so much better for the environment but b to your point you can just throw this thing right in the washer and you're great but it also it's just the whole thing so soft I was so impressed truly yeah no totally like the I'm inner, with the you. outer it's smushy it's the right weight like it's inside just inside and out this yeah. thing um <laughs> the other thing we're really into is that they offer a 30-day free trial so if you try this and you somehow don't agree with us mm-hmm. um you can send this thing back it's fine no big deal no big deal and no sweat you don't have to feel terrible about it because they will donate your gently used comforter to a homeless shelter anyway <laughs> order yours at buffy.co that's buffy.co Super important. For $20 off your first Buffy comforter, visit Buffy.co and enter the code a few things. That's $20 off your first order at Buffy.co with offer code a few things. How has your cooking evolved in the in the six years or so that you've been working on it? Uh it's so much. <laughs> I hope it's better. Uh, I'm really kind of like in the beginning, I was really all about like how do I make everything homemade? Like how do I like do this so that it's like it was just, there was just so many steps involved. It was like in my the most. Process. Yeah. Yes, it was like over the top, overdone, and like I realized pretty quickly that like n- nobody has time to do that. You know, like people are busy and they want to eat, you know, relatively healthy food, and they want it to be um, easy enough to make on a weeknight, and they want their families to be able to enjoy it, and they can't, you know, be making like homemade pasta dough on a Tuesday night. Like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I adjusted to that, and I really, um, you know, tried to figure out how I could make wholesome meals and still delicious food, and make them simpler and still delicious for people. Um, how do you? What kind of like s- simplifying tactics or shortcuts that you, do you <laughs> take now? I think that there is so much that you can, um, you know, use. You can, you don't. Not everything has to be like 100% homemade. You could use store-bought pasta sauce, or if you're in a pinch, you know, use the store-bought pesto or whatever it is. You don't need to, and definitely like you don't need to be making homemade pasta. So like things mm-hmm. like that that are just not worth the time. Um, I, you know, have simplified and not don't homemade them necessarily. There's this. Um, 
there's this column on The Cut, New York Magazine's The Cut, that's called I Think About This A Lot, and it's one of my favorite columns. And one of the recent posts was um, th- that somebody did was, I think about this a lot, Ina Garten saying store-bought is fine. <laughs> because mm-hmm. even though she really does kind of make all that stuff from scratch, she'll always just as an aside be like, store-bought's fine. <laughs> you can yeah. use the pesto, yeah. it's you know fine. What I just, you know what I just read the other day? She uses... Um, homemade or not homemade? Sorry, store-bought pasta sauce, like from the jar all the time. I'm like, oh, that is so shocking. Yeah, that is shocking. No, you know, She's everybody like, does yeah. it exactly. Um, do you have any favorite? Not to like linger on this point for too long, but do you have any favorite store-bought, you know, sauces or things that you do rely on? Um, gosh, I. I use a. This is a, like I use a lot of canned tomatoes. I don't yeah. have brands. Yeah. I'm so I'm so like. I don't know brands off the top of my head, honestly, but I use Dolalo, um, Italian foods a lot. I think mm-hmm. that their pestos and sauces are really good and they use high quality ingredients. Um, so that would be one of them. And then I have like, I just use like, honestly, a lot of the whole foods, like three, six, five brands totally. and things yeah. like that. Um, really, really simple and basic, like nothing. People are always surprised. Nothing to, fancy. Like, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm just like everybody else. Like I like a good deal and you know, I just try to use what is available to me. I'm also up in the mountains. So I do a lot of ordering via Amazon because mm-hmm. we don't necessarily, we don't have access to like, this is, it's not New York city. We don't have everything at arm's reach. So I'll do a lot of ordering Amazon. Speaking of which, can you talk about, especially like, you know, not that food blogs hadn't been around for a while in 2012, mm-hmm. but I think certainly recently they've um, they've become a much bigger business. And can you talk a little bit about how you realized that your blog could be a business and, and the ways in which you first started making money with it? Sure. Yeah. So um, I kind of like I said in the first, we have always had from the very beginning, which is pretty crazy, we've always had ads on the site. Wow. Um, which, yeah, I think within like the first six months, I had put ads on the site. Tegan, um, that's crazy. That's so impressive. Well, my mom, it's not, don't, it don't, my mom is my business partner. And she, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. So we work really closely together and she manages all of the advertisements and things like that, like a lot of the um, back end of the blog and things. So she from like, I think it was in the first six months had ads on the site. And so we had, when we had started seeing traffic, we had started seeing money come in through those ads. Um, we don't rely on those as much now as we do versus, you know, sponsor content mm-hmm. and brand partnerships. Um, but those were a really big deal, like back, you know, a few years ago. And, um, we still make money off of them today. We don't have as many, I don't like to keep as many on the site. Um, but so that was kind of when I, when we first started realizing like, okay, we can maybe make some money off of this and see, you know, see where this goes. But from the beginning, like it was never about that for me. And I think that's one of the reasons that I was able to grow in the way that I was is because I was never focused on getting brand deals or making money. I was always focused on providing people with amazing content and, you know, fun things to look at and great recipes for their families. So I think focusing on that really allowed me to, um, you know, uh, hone in on what people needed and what I wanted to share with them. And through that, the other opportunities just came. And that's kind of when we started to be a little more strategic and think about the money aspect of it. And like, okay, well, if we're going to do this, we obviously need to make money from it so that it can be a full-time job. And then I started to do brand partnerships and things like that. Um. When you started this, you were 18 and you're still pretty young. I mean, how do you think about what what a person cooking for a family, maybe with young kids or whatever, might want to be eating? Because, you know, it isn't necessarily like the same thing that an 18 year old would be cooking for herself. 
For sure. Yeah. I think I was, I'm unique in the way that I, um, from a large family and I had been cooking for my family. Like I solely was doing the cooking for all of my siblings and my parents when I was still living at home. It's amazing. Um, so I kind of got that feel of what families needed. And even to this day, um, I don't live with my family anymore, but we're all very, very close. And I'm actually like basically neighbors with my parents. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's almost like I still am at home, but not quite. (laughs) Um, and you know, I, I, I'm very much in tune, I think with what families need because of that. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I, I feel like I have a good, I have a very good feel of what my audience responds well to and what they're looking for. I also ask them. Instagram is such a great tool for me and I'm always, you know, putting out polls and seeing what people need. So I think that listening to your audience is a really big or really important part of having a good connection with them and creating content that they love. Totally. Do you have a blogging or like a food blogging community in Breckenridge that you uh, sort of <laughs> have? No. To, no, you're all on your own out there. No. Yeah. The community out here is, I mean, the community is great out here. It's yeah. just a bunch of um, snow bunnies is right. what they call themselves. Like they just really, they love to ski, um, which is totally fine. It's a beautiful place to live. I love living here. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but no, not, not so many like bloggers. It's not that community. I wouldn't say. When you were talking about cooking for a family and thinking about the size of your family that you were cooking for, that can be an intimidating number. I mean, I I feel like Claire and I are both probably (laughs) most comfortable cooking for two, um, possibly three or four, but anything more than that's really intimidating. And how do you, how did you wrap your head about around group cooking? Um... I don't, I, I never thought about it yeah. just because like, you that didn't was, overthink it like know, you are. People, yeah. People always ask me that, but I never thought about it just because it's how I grew up and it's just how I started. So, um, I think about it now though, just because I, you know, my, whether like I, you know, we just went through Thanksgiving and people, some people had a group of 12 and some people had a group of five. So it, it is an important thing to think about and when I'm, you know, giving people entertaining tips and things like that. Um, you know, best practices on entertaining for large groups. And, um, but it's just, yeah, it wasn't ever something I thought about. I just, I just did it. So um, it wasn't a big deal. What are some of your best practices for entertaining for large groups? Uh, I mean, everybody says this, but it's so true. You have like prepare as much as you can ahead of time. Um, It's, it's just so true. Like, don't, don't, don't test out a new recipe for a new group of people. Like you want to know your recipe is going to work really well. Um, it's one that you love and it's one that a lot of people will love. It would be great if it's like make ahead, like a nice lasagna or something like that, that you can just have cooking in the oven when guests arrive. I think the least stressed that you can be, the better your dinner party is going to go over because I'm a full, like I'm such a believer that if you're stressed, your party is going to be like stressful and nobody's really going to enjoy it. So I'm all about like preparing as much as you can ahead of time and um, using recipes that you know are going to work really well and that go over really well with people. And that's like a key for success, if you ask me. What has it been like having your mom as your business partner? Um, it's it's great because there's just no there's nobody else that you can trust. Like we're actually hiring right now, and it's just really hard because you just you never know. Like, but I can fully trust her. But they definitely had its challenges as well, um, just because you know family working together can you can get on each other's nerves and things like that. But all in all, um, 
it's been a good experience and it's really helped. I would not be like half a would not be where it is today without her. She's a big part of it. And um, so for that, I'm so thankful and it's been just a really good thing. I think it was, uh, it was a good thing. And does she, do you guys split up the work that you do all the content and she does all the sort of business and revenue drive revenue side of things? Yeah, it's, but we have very different roles. Like she is not content oriented oriented at all. Um, she's very much behind the scenes and does a lot of the businessy things and stuff like that. And I do all of the content, um, all of the photography, all of you know interacting with a lot of the readers and um, things like that. So very different roles, which I think is key because we're never stepping on each other's toes. <laughs> totally. And is it a full time job for her too? It is. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys spending your nine to fives together? Are you like in the same room all day, every day? No, we're not in the same room all day. I think that if we were in the same room all day, we might not. You might, you might, might not be it, the but... success it is. Um, you I, certainly wouldn't want to live next door. Yeah, well, we actually just built a studio space. So we are working a little bit more like in the same facility more often. But um, she'll work at home from home a lot and things like that. Um, so it's it's nice. We We see each other a lot, but we also don't. Not nine to five. <laughs> Does anybody else think is good? <laughs> Do any of the other family members have a role? Yeah, how? I mean, it's like yes. We I've basically employed all of my family <laughs> at this point. My younger brother um, does all of our video content, so Amazing. he films and edits all of our food videos. Um, and then actually, his girlfriend is our social media manager. So, oh my, my god, I hope they never break <laughs> up. <laughs> I know, right? It, it, it was like a risky thing. Tell him to keep his shit together. <laughs> but she's great and she's uh, very social media savvy. So. Good. Good. Um, that's yeah. amazing. Um, your, yeah. your first cookbook came out last year. Um, it did. Yeah. What was that process like? Was it like what you imagined it would be or totally different? Um, I'm not sure I had like an actual like uh, like thought process as to yeah. what i thought it would be um it was it was very hard it's writing a cookbook is very hard um it's very time consuming and it's like all of your life <laughs> all of your life basically and doing the blog on top of that is, yeah. is tricky but uh, it was amazing and i'm so happy with how it did and how it was received because obviously that is so nerve-wracking yeah um putting that out there but it was all in all a great experience and i'm so excited with how it turned out but it was it was hard it was a lot of work I, and i also did also i did all of the recipes and i also did all of the photos and prop style and Whoa. Things like that so it was kind of a big undertaking but also I'm, I'm kind of known for my photography my photos and my props so I think that it would I would have people would have felt it felt cheated if I didn't do the photos and things like that yeah. too yeah so it was kind of like an all or nothing deal it felt key to you <laughs> yeah totally yeah um okay can we talk about some of the recipes that you're excited about these days what are you cooking uh well right now it's like holiday everything yeah so um lots of holiday recipes lots of fun like christmas desserts and um things like that uh holiday dinners i'm doing a lot of entertaining content um pizzas like i'm like really into pizza right now for interesting what are you putting on your pizzas Oh, I just did like a mushroom and kale pizza. I've, I mean, I'm like putting everything on, on pizza. <laughs> no, that's not true. I do a lot of like vegetable pizzas and things like that. Um, I'm not crazy about meat heavy pizzas for some reason. Um, but I'm a lot of cheese, big, big cheese person. Um, but do you have any tips for getting the crust really right when you're doing a pizza at home? 
a super hot oven and mm. a pizza stone. We were yeah. just talking I, about a pizza stone. Yeah, Erica mm-hmm. had had a great experience with a pizza stone recently. A friend of mine just it, it bought one. Yeah, so I apparently had, it's all the different. I had had pizza at a friend's house recently. We made pizzas and we made one on a pizza stone and one on a pan because there was only one pizza stone available. And the one on the pizza stone was so much better and so much crisper. Yeah. Did you use the I, Bob's Red Milk? Uh, this was like not gluten-free pizza okay. and then i had a cauliflower crust pizza was which was the third best of the pizzas oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry well, the cal- they can be they can be a good option if you like need something healthy and gluten-free yeah totally <laughs> did you do the trader joe's one i did and you know what i really like the trader joe's frozen uh cheese pizza with a cauliflower crust it's like already pre-made you know it's just like a frozen pizza but the crust Mm -hmm. on its own was not Not so good as good no um which i wasn't anticipating but you know it happens um yeah how hot is your oven supposed to be i put mine at 500 wow yeah hot you need the pizza ovens hot i don't know what i've been putting mine at when i do i haven't made it in so long yeah pizza ovens are really hot that's why the pizza is right it's like the cold yeah i don't think i've been putting it at 500 i don't know next time i make crank crank the pizza oven up up. it'll help all right it it makes it for a really good crust okay good to know into it yeah yeah um speaking of the you know not loving meat on pizzas and stuff a lot of your recipes are you're not you know vegetarian or vegan or your recipes aren't um but a lot of them tend toward you know being more plant forward i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah which uh, is crazy because like all of my brothers are just like where's the meat <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> that's amazing um yeah. do you what are your tips for people who are trying to think a little bit more in that direction? Just being like, oh, I kind of want to like scale things back a little. Um, I think that like to incorporate more vegetables into the recipes. Yeah. And like less meat where they, when they can without missing it. Yeah. What would you tell I, your brothers? I think, <laughs> I think it's a really easy thing to do. I think that people kind of just have to open their minds to the fact that like vegetables can actually be really good and like a delicious part to your recipe or you you can also mask them too and hide them if you really don't want to know they're there but um i think that things like roasting and giving the vegetables like a nice caramelization on them can really help give them a lot of flavor and texture too and i flagged a lot of recipes on i had flagged on my pinterest like forever ago that i went through and pulled and they're all i feel like they're all ones that speak to what you just said which are like cauliflower al pastor tacos singapore sweet Mm -hmm. potato noodles, golden sweet potato soup with burrata and sage pesto. You can probably tell I like yep. sweet potatoes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll it's just... like you just have to give them a little flavor. Like they just, you know, they don't have to be boring. And um, I think that's really kind of key. And they're also like, I, I, I like the one of the reasons I like cooking with vegetables so much is because it just I'm a big uh, um, I don't even know what the word is, but I just like to make things look really, really pretty mm. and vegetables look great in a photograph. And so that's kind of like, I, I like everybody else, I feel like eat with my eyes. So if, it, if I can make it look good and not like brown mush or whatever, then it will be all the better. Oh my gosh. Do you think Instagram and blogging are really good for vegetable consumption? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think so. Yeah, for the totally. farming industry. <laughs> Fascinating. Amazing. Tegan, thank you so much for coming on. We loved having you. Um, oh, thank you for having me. Check fun. out Tegan's blog and cookbook, Half-Baked Harvest. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. Follow us at Avakind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at avakind.com. To advertise on the podcast, email advertising at avakind.com. Our intro music, Butterfield East, is written and performed by the Soulful Saints, and we're recording at Alex's house. 